Welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 233. No, it's not. (laughs) It's 253, not 233. Uh, I was going to edit that part out, but I'm not gonna. Uh, (laughs) I have a little bit of a cold and I'm standing here and I'm in sweats and I'm sweating uh, and the heat in my apartment isn't turned up that high. I do have the door open. So I feel a little bit under the weather, but it is Wednesday. It is podcast day. And I thought, bring the energy, bring the energy for an episode, show up, just see how it goes. Uh, And we are off to a stellar start. I got the episode number wrong, but that's okay. It's episode 253 and it's part three of a three-part series. This is three of three. We're wrapping her up today. In the past couple of episodes, we have been talking about the key themes that came out of my one-on-one strategy calls with the Warriors throughout January. The third theme today, we're going to talk about carb shortage SOS, overcoming insufficient intake. And we're also going to talk about this idea of front loading our day. So on our strategy calls, a handful of warriors were struggling with energy and some of their biofeedback. And so the first place that I will look is their stress and their food. So what's actually going on in their life? Where is their stress at? Where are their energy leakages? And then what energy is coming in? So what's going on with their food? And a lot of the warriors do tracking or cycles of tracking, periods of tracking. And so we'll normally look at their tracking data or we'll look at their food. And what came out of these calls was that a lot of them weren't eating enough carbohydrates and the ratio of carbs and protein was off uh, in a lot of their main meals. And the timing of carbohydrates was a little off around their training. A lot of them also weren't eating enough at the start of their day, which is what we would call front loading the day with more food, more calories, more energy. In particular, if I'm going to increase a woman's carbohydrates, I'm going to increase them at the front of her day uh, instead of the end of her day. Or I'm going to time them around training so she can use them or utilize them to fuel her training. So we'll speak about front loading your day or timing carbohydrates around your training. We'll also look at a little bit of the science behind carbs and then how you can optimize your daily carb intake. So we have three macronutrients and really when, you know, it comes to playing the new game of women's health and fitness and there is some new amazing research and science and there's a lot of work uh, and spotlight that is happening on women's health, women's fitness. In particular, there is a huge spotlight on protein and the importance of protein and eating enough protein. And we've got to pump up that protein. And all of those things are so true, totally true. A lot of women are under-muscled and don't eat enough protein. But what's happening and what I'm seeing in my work is that 
the ratio between proteins and carbs is off. The, the balance is a little off. And there's so much focus on protein that carbs have been forgotten, which is a little bit of a scary thing because a lot of women still have a, I'd call it maybe not a super powerful relationship with carbohydrates, just from diet culture and carbs being really bad and they're going to make you fat and uh, all of those, you know, amazing, very helpful messages. Uh, so we already have this, what we could call maybe a strained relationship with carbohydrates, a, a cautious carb relationship. And then we've been focused so much on protein, which is amazing. And I want to celebrate all of you out there that are eating enough protein, you know, that are optimizing their protein intake, tracking their protein, meeting their protein requirements uh, to support their training and to support their muscle mass and their hormones, their physiology. So I celebrate you. But I don't want you to forget about carbohydrates. So we're going to talk about we're going to talk about her today. So hopefully I, I won't be too out of breath. I feel a little bit out of breath and my heart rate's a little bit high, uh, but we're doing it. Let's go. So we have three key macronutrients and protein is, has definitely stolen the spotlight over the last couple of years, but we want to make sure that we're eating enough carbohydrate. So our body uses carbohydrate for energy during exercise. Carbs fuel our brain, our central nervous system, they actually help your body burn fat. There's a saying in the exercise physiologist uh, world, they like to say fat is burned in a carbohydrate flame. So we need the carbohydrate flame to help burn fat. And carbs also help preserve our muscle mass, our muscle tissue, because they prevent your body from using protein as a primary energy source. We also want to remember that glycogen, which is stored carbs in the muscles and the liver, its supply is really limited. So if we are fully stocked, if the tank is full, we have about 500 grams of glycogen stored in our muscles and about 100 grams in the liver. So we consider this enough fuel for a two hour run, depending on your pace, you know, the harder you push the faster you burn through your stores. So it's like a fire and putting wood on the fire. At the bare bones minimum, an active woman, so you, needs 130 grams of carbohydrates or the equivalent of about 520 calories worth. So just as an example, the amount in a cup of pasta or a cup of beans and a potato. This amount does not support physical activity. This is just the bare bones minimum when we're talking about supporting your physiology, your hormonal health, not exercise on top of that and training on top of that. As I've spoken about before, a lot of women are in a low energy availability state. They're not eating, you're not eating enough to support your hormones and your physiology and then you're training on top of that. I also see this with carbohydrates. We're not even eating enough to actually 
make sure that we have stored glycogen in our muscles, in our liver. You know, we, our brain uses so much glucose, so much carbohydrate uh, that then we're training on top of that. And, you know, especially if you do endurance training or you're training at, you know, training a lot and training at a really high intensity, we don't have the carbohydrates to support the training. So that 130 grams of carbohydrates at a minimum is what we require or need to support our central nervous system to maintain our red blood cell production, to keep the immune system running and to fuel the brain, our delicious, delicious brain. I think I'm just trying to remember, I should have pulled up the stat, but I'm pretty sure our brain alone requires it's over 50%. I think it's like 60% of your body's resting glucose utilization. Your brain uses, I think it's 60%. So what you eat in a day impacts how much glycogen you have in the tank at any given time. And this relates to exercise. So whether you are a woman who goes to the gym, uh, maybe three or four times a week, who does a mixture of strength training and aerobic work, or maybe you do CrossFit or another high intensity group fitness class or powerlifting, or you swim or run, or you're a cyclist, it's important to have enough glycogen on board to get the job done, to get through the session, especially if you plan to go hard or go for a long time. So if you plan to come into the session or the workout and lift heavy, you know, hit certain intensities or go for a certain amount of time, maintain a certain amount of pace. You need enough glycogen to be able to do that. So as women, we rely on blood glucose first, then fatty acids to fuel our exercise. So the number one fuel that our body relies on is blood glucose and then we tap into our fatty acids to fuel our training or our exercise our need for carbs is less about preventing our glycogen stores from getting tapped out and more about keeping blood glucose available for energy and burning free fatty acids so I was reading a little bit of Dr. Stacey Sims uh, revised version of raw the other day and she's going to come back on the podcast. So we were just emailing back and forth and talking about some topics. And there was, there's this section in the book where she talks about, she's addressing the low carb followers. I like to call them the low carb camp uh, that talk about this idea of fat adaption and we don't need to eat a lot of carbohydrates. We can just use fat for fuel and I just wanted to share a little bit out of the book where she addresses uh, the million dollar question, she calls it, of whether a high fat diet can improve performance. And her answer is no. <laughs> and she talks about how low carb diets can increase fatty acid oxidization during exercise and it can encourage fat storage. So when there isn't enough primary fuel to support the stress it's under, the body will go for a secondary source. And it, what happens is that it stores more of it for the next time it encounters that stress, but this does not translate to improved performance. 
So the research actually shows no real performance benefits from low carb over moderate carb diets. They did a study on elite female race walkers that uh, increased their fat burning after adapting to a ketogenic low carb high fat diet, but they decreased their economy of movement and used more effort to maintain the same pace and performance as compared to having adequate carb intake and stores. So for us, for women, high fat, very low carb contributes to increased adaptive stress, which blunts training adaptations, both in endurance and strength power-based sports. So low carb training has become super popular among CrossFit athletes which uh, is can be a detriment over time. And I've spoken about this before on the podcast. I did a Q&A episode. I had a question from a female who did CrossFit and she wanted to know if she could uh, do CrossFit and still have a healthy, strong metabolism. And I referenced a couple of studies There is a study that was done in 2019 investigating overtraining syndrome in CrossFit athletes. And the authors noted from this study that the most remarkable trigger for overtraining syndrome among high intensity functional training athletes was the long term low carbohydrate and calorie intake which basically increases catabolism. So we're just eating our body and our muscles and downregulates the endocrine system. So it really is affecting our thyroid function and our metabolic function. And I've experienced this myself uh, when I was Olympic weightlifting, training three or four hours a day, six days a week. There was a time that I also did CrossFit training uh, and I've worked with you know, hundreds of women now that have done high intensity functional training or CrossFit style of training and low energy availability, low calorie intake and low carbohydrate intake creates huge problems. Not initially, we might be talking months or even years. So over time, we start to see that this approach uh really negatively affects our biofeedback, our energy, our hormones, our thyroid function, our ability to perform uh, and improve and progress in our training, our ability to recover. Now, what this doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you pile your plate high with breads and pastas. And we've spoken about you know, the importance of metabolic foods and eating root veggies and fruits before. So we really want to prioritize those and then eating some grains prepared properly, especially around training can be really helpful. So, and one of the reasons why, you know, my good friends, Josh and Jeannie Rubin from Real Food Gangsters or East West Healing, they talk about how food and food with a strategy are two very different things. And when it comes to carbs, carbs and carbs with strategy are two very different things. So what happened a couple of years ago when the pro-metabolic space kind of, you know, blew up uh, is that a lot of women actually gained a lot of weight because they added 
a bunch of food back in. They added a bunch of carbohydrates back in that they hadn't been eating for a really long period of time. And that creates a lot of stress on the body. And so a lot of women were actually overeating uh, because they weren't tracking and they were over consuming carbohydrates or the speed at which they reintroduced the calories and the carbohydrates actually created a lot of stress on the body and caused them to actually put on fat mass. So as we age, we actually become more sensitive to carbs, uh, especially as we enter perimenopause and menopause because the decline in estrogen, uh, it's because of estrogen levels declining. So eating a diet too high in carbs or the wrong type of carbs at the wrong time, if they're not paired properly with protein, can be detrimental for our blood sugar and our metabolism. So we definitely want to eat carbs with a strategy. So when we're thinking about, okay, what's phase one here? So phase one, I think, is understanding the importance that they play when it comes to uh, having enough energy, supporting our physiology, our metabolism, and our hormones, that they are a key macronutrient and that potentially a lot of us might not be eating enough, especially if we focused on protein for a really long time. So phase one would be doing a little bit of a self-assessment on your carbohydrate intake, doing a little bit of tracking. You know, how many grams are you eating? Is it spread evenly across the day? What types of carbohydrates are you eating? So I mentioned before those metabolic foods. So the starchy veggies, sweet potatoes, yams, squashes, you know, root veggies, carrots, uh, potatoes, fruits, and grains and beans that have been prepared well. So that's strategy one, self-assessment, uh, see how much you're eating, when you're eating it, the timing of it, and the type of carbohydrate. The second step would be then, okay, we need to create a strategy. So are we actually meeting our carbohydrate intake? And with the warriors on those strategy calls, they were coming under when they were tracking pretty much every day on their carbs, but they were hitting you know, their protein, their fat, and some were even hitting their total energy. But the ratio of the macronutrients was off. And so the ratio between protein and carbohydrates was off, especially in the morning and around their training. So in their strategies, what we did was focus on increasing carbohydrate by a certain amount. Uh, and that can, to get to our optimal intake, can take weeks uh, or in some cases, depending on how low it is in the transition from potentially following another diet like low carb or keto, it could take months. Uh, but with these warriors, they were under, but not way under. So we, we created a strategy that was a couple of weeks long. And where I like to start or approach when it comes to increasing the carbohydrate intake is to front load the start of the day. And I do this a lot with my warriors with a lot with, uh, it works really well for women. So there's two things that I often tell women and tell my warriors is that a female body loves a really good whack of calories at the start of the day. The female body loves that front loading, which means that we're eating 
you know, a really dense log meal for breakfast to start our day. And the female body also loves animal protein at the start of the day, flesh, (laughs) not a protein powder or collagen, like actual animal protein, flesh, if you can. I often say to my warriors, although a lot of them have trouble eating, you know, actual meat protein, <laughs> uh, eggs would it would be a great uh, a great start. So the female body loves those two things: to front load the day, to eat a lot of calories at the start of the day and for breakfast, and then to have animal protein. The other thing the female body really loves, especially if we are very active and we're training a lot is to make sure that the ratio of proteins and carbs is right for us at that start of the day in that breakfast meal or the the snack and the breakfast meal. However, you know, whatever we're working on in our food strategy and what often happens is what I see a lot is that the protein is, you know, say for example, 30 grams, but then the carbohydrates are only 20 something or maybe 30, if we're lucky, maybe 40. And the ratio is off. And so what we generally like to see is a two to one ratio carbs to protein, especially at the front of the day or especially before and after training. So we don't need to eat a ton of carbs. We need to slowly add it in. And where I would recommend adding it in is front loading at the start of your day. So how could you add an extra five to 10 grams in those first one to two things that you eat at the start of the day to slowly work on getting more in and also then potentially fueling your training or uh, improving the ratio of carbs to protein. So what I find works really best for myself and, you know, from both a body composition and performance standpoint, like for myself and then among of my warriors is aiming for a daily intake of about 40 to 45% of whole food carbs. So at least three to four grams per kilo of body mass per day. Uh, And now, you know, this might vary slightly depending on who I'm working with. So depending on the female uh, and where she's at with her nutrition and her food. But a recommendation and some of the science shows that that's a really good place to start. Three to four grams per kilo of body mass per day, about 40 to 45 percent coming from those metabolic carbohydrates Then the next thing you can do is you can really focus on the nutrient timing around training. So if you are a morning trainer like myself, uh, I eat a small snack in the morning before I walk Hank. So I eat yogurt uh, and honey and a banana and I have my coffee with collagen and a bit of milk or cream. Or I'll have oatmeal, so I'll have oats uh, with milk, collagen, honey, and banana, and my coffee. Then I'll go walk Hank. Then I'll come back and I'll eat my full breakfast. So we'll have, you know, maybe three or four eggs each. Uh, This morning we had about 40 or 50 grams of smoked salmon. I'll have an orange, a kiwi fruit. You know, it's about a five to six hundred calorie breakfast. And then 
on top of my snack that I've eaten. That is also about a couple of hundred. So in that morning time, I'm packing in uh, at least 600 to 650, if not 700 calories uh, in my first meal or two of the day. And then I train pretty quick after that. So after breakfast, we'll make another coffee or get another coffee and then we'll go and train. And I found that that works really well. If you're a morning trainer or mid-morning trainer, to be able to get two, two meals or a snack and a meal in or one big meal, you know, to get a whack of at least 500, 550, if not six, 650 calories, uh, works really well when it comes to uh, training, performance, making gains, uh, feeling like we really can bring the energy and push really hard in the training. And then after that, I'll have a post-exercise snack. Sometimes Uh, it depends if my next meal, you know, is within an hour or so. If not, most of the time I'll come home and have a bit of protein and carbohydrate uh, after training. It also depends on the intensity of the session as well. Uh, And so that would be the third stage is to then slowly, if you still need to increase your carbohydrates, we're looking at trying to increase them around or time that macronutrient around our training uh, because we're going to use it. That's our primary fuel source that we want to use for energy to fuel the training or the exercise and to help us optimize performance. So you have three phases there. Phase one, self-assessment. Where are you at? Uh, What carbohydrates are you eating? When are you eating them? Are you meeting your requirements? The second phase would be, okay, we need a strategy to slowly increase them. Probably no more than five or 10 grams a day. And I would sit into that for at least a couple of weeks and then I would increase again and slowly build up to your optimal intake, which really... We only know that by how we feel, you know, is this strategy working for me? What's my biofeedback telling me? What's my energy telling me? You know, what's my data telling me? The second thing that you can do in this phase is front load the start of your day. So add those extra carbohydrates in that morning snack or meal and start thinking about having a more dense meal in the morning to create stability uh, and getting animal protein and flesh into you. Then the third phase is timing it around your training. So the nutrient timing of carbohydrates. Okay, that was our third theme. Uh, that's it. We, I, I made it. My nose is just running a little bit. I probably sound a little bit nasally, uh, but I'm not too out of breath. Uh, I'm going to go and eat a massive bowl of Chanko. If you haven't heard of Chanko before, I had so many comments on my story the other day of my bowl of Chanko. So when I was uh, Olympic lifting, my coach introduced me to Chanko and we would actually make it uh, a lot together. And especially before when I was prepping for a competition, uh, we I would eat a lot of Chanko. And so Chanko is a sumo wrestler soup. It comes from the sumo wrestlers. I shared a... YouTube link. I'll pop the YouTube link in the show notes of this podcast episode. But 
you can basically put anything in there. It's made from a bone broth base. And then the other day we put shrimp or prawns. We made turkey meatballs, but you could make chicken or uh, pork. They often make... Um, then you put a whole like daikon, carrots, bok choy, just a whole bunch of a lot of like Asian-y type vegetables in there, uh, chili, like it's just this bowl of just nourishment. It is, you feel so nourished when you eat it. So I'm going to go and have a big bowl of chanko. And I highly recommend that you look up the link and watch him make the soup. He's like this big, gentle giant that, and I promise you, if you eat Chenko, you, uh, you know, you won't turn out to be a sumo wrestler, even though there is nothing wrong with that. It's a phenomenal sport that uh, is a very unique sport, but it's a super nourishing dish. If you are in the north, and it's dark and it's cold and the nervous system feels a bit stressed. If you are a little bit sick, I reckon make a big pot of chanko and just put lots, loads of good stuff in there and have it in the freezer or the fridge. And so you can have bowl of chanko and it's on the stove right now for me. So I'm going, I'm going to have it. Okay, warrior woman, it was an absolute pleasure to spend this time with you. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.